Hey, do you have your Christmas list together? We have ours. We're talking the Rebel Pebbles and Cool Yule. Hit it. It was 1990. Home Alone was released in theaters. Pete Sampras won his first career Grand Slam. And the Rebel Pebbles wrote and sang a banger of a Christmas tune. I'm your host, Jerry D, with the first episode of Season 3 of Totally Rad Christmas, the podcast that talks all things Christmas in the 80s and 90s. Toys, movies, specials, music, and fads. If it was gnarly during Christmas in the 80s and 90s, we got it covered. Now, joining me is an exceptionally special guest. You'll know her as the lead singer of the Rebel Pebbles, Rachel in the Weeds, and Rachel Right in the Wrongs. It's Rachel Murray. Rachel, how's it going? Good, good. Good to talk to you, Jerry. You too. Yeah, it feels like um, uh, this is the most exciting uh, thing that's ever happened to the show, I think. (laughs) (laughs) That's fabulous. I was going to say the same thing to you. (laughs) (laughs) How are you doing? I'm doing great. Very well. Thank you. That's good. That's good. I know it's been, uh, you, you, you teach voice lessons, don't you? I do. Yes. And I love it. It's fantastic. I'm sure that keeps you quite busy. I used to teach guitar lessons for a while and it, uh, yeah, my schedule was just getting packed all the time. And so it's nice to take a moment to just kind of relax. Yeah, it sure is. It's nice <laughs> to be able to have a flexible schedule to be able to do that as well. That is also true. Yes. Uh, I Now I work at a Christmas store and uh, I love it. It's it's so much fun, but it is nice to have days off. <laughs> so, wow. So you're all things Christmas. I, I am. I do everything Christmas here. Uh, and, you know, I blame my mom. She she tried to always tried to make Christmas the most special time of year for us. And so it kind of rubbed off on me. Oh, well, that's great. But you've got a, a new band coming up, don't you? Well, I'm uh, I am actually in the process of putting together a new band. Cool. Um, and uh, I, 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 it's a, we're actually having our first rehearsal on Wednesday, nice. and it's just going to be a fun band that encompasses a lot of different styles. I've kind of found we have a really good following out here in Lake Arrowhead and people just love good music. So we want to do a mm-hmm. lot of familiar fun songs, mostly kind of a blues rock thing. I'm, I've been doing a lot more bluesy stuff. We do a lot of kind of Janis Joplin, Amy Winehouse type stuff and uh, some original songs and things like that. So far, the working name I'm thinking about the band hasn't agreed to this yet. And it's <laughs> kind of a weird name that's just stuck in my head. But it's uh, June Holiday and her imaginary sunshine band. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It may be that. That's what I'm hoping to sell the band on it. I like <laughs> I've had a lot of Rachel and buzz and I'm getting a little tired. I need <laughs> Time to move on. Yeah, yeah. I got gotcha. you. No, that's cool. That's cool. Why? Why uh, blues rock? Anything in particular about it? Um, I well, I was in a blues band a couple of years ago and I just. I just, I, that's just really what I like to sing. Um, as since I've been teaching voice lessons, my voice has changed a bit and I've 
I, you know, teaching is the best way to learn. So I've learned so much about my voice and my voice is just a lot different. And being in a blues band, I had to learn how to sing songs guys were singing because they're just like, hey, you know, they just call out an Eric Clapton song. You know, mm-hmm. you've got to start. And before in the old days, I'd be like, it's not in my key, you know, and now <laughs> and now I'm just like, well, just make it happen. You know, use that part of your voice. And in doing that, I've learned there's just so, you know, to, to really expand my voice and, and blues singing is just, you know, blues and jazz. I still have a lot of pop and rock influence in there, mm-hmm. but it just requires singing really hard and improvising right. and really feeling it in your soul. And with the, te- the voice lessons I do, that's ultimately what I, what I've learned is how to really use your body and feel it in your soul when you sing. And that's really what I teach people. See, that's really cool. And and that's a good point because you can be the most technically proficient musician. Um, Cause I, I also used to play jazz and uh, as well. Um, but I mean, you can be the most technically proficient, but if it's too robotic, it just, it, it doesn't really touch people. And, and I mean, that's what we're here for to make them, you know, feel something, you know, as, as well as of course ourselves, but it. um, that's a really good point that, that, uh, and I'm glad you do that, that you really teach like how to emote and how to, to put just everything in it, because that's not really something that a lot of um, voice teachers actually, you know, give to their students. So that's awesome. I'm all in for that. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I really learned a lot about teaching. I worked for school of rock for about five years. I taught for school of rock and they liked me because I, I'm not a real proficient. I mean, of course I know vocal theory, right? Right. But my experience is being in the music industry. I teach you how to be a musician, how to survive mm-hmm. in the music industry for singers, how to communicate with a musician when you don't really, you know, understand how to play a guitar, you know, right. things like that. But yeah, I teach just how to, how to be a singer. I'm a little different in that way, you know? And and I like that. That's that's cool. But my students love my lessons because they're really fun. <laughs> <laughs> like the Rebel Pebbles, really fun. That's right. That's right. Well, tell me a little bit about the Rebel Pebbles. Um, it's funny looking them up on online. It's there's not a whole lot of info now. I remember your Girl Talk album. Uh, it's one of my favorite albums. I, I wish you guys had made more. It, it. I actually think it was kind of ahead of its time. Really, it. Um, because yes, of course, I'm sure you got comparisons to the Bengals and the Go-Go's and, you know, the other girl groups. But to me, I can hear a lot of like mid nineties bands that kind of copy that same sound as well. I mean, I heard it. And the first thing I thought it was the gin blossoms. It's like, wow, they sound, they kind of stole that from you guys. And (laughs) tell me a little bit about like how you guys got formed. And uh, before we dive into the song, Cool Yule. Okay, for sure. Um, that's first of all, that's awesome. Um, that you think some bands were influenced by like our style. That's amazing to me. That's so cool. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, I will be happy to do that because there's uh, some things in that you read that are not exactly accurate. Gotcha. So the band was formed with um, Robin Robin Barnetti at the time. Um, I think she's now Robin Fox. Um, Robin and Karen um, were together. Karen was the, she was, she was, Karen was the guitar player. Robin was Mm -hmm. the bass player. Karen was also in the Pandoras. She was the drummer for the Pandoras. Um, And so they were together and uh, 
and they had, uh, I believe Cheryl joined the band, the drummer, and they had another singer. Um, and so I was the last to join. They had another singer named Carrie who recorded a couple of songs with them that you will find on an old soundtrack. It's like a beach movie or something. <laughs> okay. And so it's not me singing on those. There's a couple of old songs we used to do that has a different singer. Anyway, I joined the band and within a few months we got signed nice. to IRS records. And it was awesome. It was just a great experience. You know, back in that day, you couldn't put anything on the inner, you know, you had right. to get signed. That's what you had to do. That was like the thing, you know? Yeah. So we got signed out of some really big dive bar in Hollywood called the natural fudge factory. And it was a real dive. We got there and we were girly, <laughs> girly girls, you know, we were not like these hardcore girl bands or anything you know we were like yeah you know we got there we were like do you want to do this are you sure you want maybe we should just go you know and <laughs> we did the show and we're very glad we did it because our uh soon-to-be manager was there he wasn't our manager at the time a friend brought him down and it was actually a friend of michael Gurley who mm. was in the band dada and was a co-writer on cool yule Okay. Michael brought down Chris Lamson, who used to manage the Bengals and was affiliated with Iris Records. And he came down and brought us to Miles Copeland. And uh, and that's how we got signed out of the natural fudge factory. So kiddies, don't judge those shows. You never know who might be there. And mm-hmm. great <laughs> and, advice. Yeah. So so that's basically, you know, and then. You know, we we were the kind of band that we just rehearsed twice a week, two or three times a week. We never got paid for any of our shows. People don't understand that now, you know? Yeah, we that's never, different. Yeah. We rehearsed and you could we were like, you know, that nowadays so many musicians are in a bunch of other bands, you know. It's mm-hmm. like I, I'm like, when are you available, you know, to my bass player? And he's like, Well, I've got this gig here and that gig, you know, and I gotta suck it up. But back in the old days, man, we we were loyal. Mm-hmm. You were in one band. You were, yeah. in, and if you were in another band, that better not get in the way, right? You know, like I could do that now. I can't. <laughs> and I know they exactly what you mean because I, um, I'm not in like I my own band, but whenever my friends need like some fill-in guitarists, they'll call me up, and I'll just go sit in and play a gig for them. You know, whatever they need. So. I guess technically I could be considered any in any of those bands, but I'm really not. I'm just like a, a you know session guy. Uh, <laughs> but I definitely scary. understand. That's what we used to call you back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody does it now. It's yeah. fine. I do it. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I also play with another group called the Groove Cats. I should mention that. Oh, we nice. Do, we do. It's a jazz. R&B kind of funk thing and I go do you know like country club gigs and stuff with them once in a while nice which is a little bit different from uh, what the pebbles used to play quite Um, a bit yeah (laughs) definitely much more pop and a little rock oriented as well Mm -hmm. so okay you guys got together and and um, how did you decide to do cool Yule well, the we we got signed, you know, and they and the record label had this Christmas album that they do every year called Just in Time for Christmas. Mm-hmm. And it's a compilation of a lot of alternative bands, all their bands, um, compilation Christmas album. And they asked us 
they told us we could either write a song or we could do a cover song. Okay. And, um, you know, just any Christmas song. And we tossed around Christmas song after Christmas song. We weren't sure what to do. And I, at the time, was married to my first husband, Ron Murray. Mm -hmm. And he was a musician, a local musician in Los Angeles. And one night he was just like, let's just try to write a song. So we wrote this song, Cool Yule. It was a little different. Mm -hmm. We wrote it. And I have a very heavy R&B soul background, sort of. I grew up listening to Motown. Even though my love is blues rock, I grew up listening to Motown music. So the song had a few minor chords and it sounded different. It had this dark, instead of, you know, how the chorus goes, it was like, cool you, have a cool you. It was like just a little bluesier and darker. And I thought it was cool. It sounded like a little Motown-ish sort of Yeah. Song. And I brought it into Robin and Michael because we were sort of a songwriting team. Michael Gurley helped us a lot. He he wrote, helped, to, helped us with some of our other songs. So um, they just changed it around. You know, Robin yeah. was very, she had a vision for the band and she was good about that. She, you know, I'm kind of all over the place. I'm like, you want to do this song? Sure, you know. <laughs> I <laughs> definitely she, understand that. Yeah. There's something to be said for having a very distinct idea. And they thought it was a little too dark for the band. So they took out all the minor chords and changed them to major chords. And we were heavily influenced by the B-52s, especially me. Mm. So we added that little middle section, that talking part. Yeah. <laughs> that section, that part in the song that goes, and a pink baby pig. Well, <laughs> Michael was doing a Fred Schneider imitation when we wrote the song. And he went, can, and we I were just coming that. up with ideas. And he goes, and a pink baby pig. <laughs> and we died laughing and that stayed in the song but i kind (laughs) of wish we would have used his voice (laughs) (laughs) that's cool that's That's how the song came about okay yeah see because i i love it i love the song it's uh i'd never heard it and and i thought i knew most of i mean everything that you guys had done but i'd never heard this particular version until i i stumbled upon that album a couple of months ago i guess and um i played it for my you know, my kids and, and my nine-year-old loved it. She, she's learning guitar. I'm teaching her guitar. She loved it. She wants to play. So awesome. Well, I used to say we were toddler rock. I could not <laughs> even tell you the two and three-year-olds that would get up and dance around to our stuff. It was, it was amazing. I, I, it was, it was great actually, but um, another side note on that song, mm-hmm. I think it was two years ago. That song was rated on Poor Man. Do you know Poor Man, mm-hmm. the DJ from L.A. for K-Rock? Mm-hmm. A couple of years ago, he came out with a top 100 alternative Christmas songs. And uh, Cool Yule ranked number seven. Nice. Like ahead of Grandma got run over by a reindeer and everything. Nice. So that <laughs> That's was cool. A, that was a huge honor for me. I, I I was blown away by that. I thought that was amazing. But it is my favorite Rebel Pebbles song. And I, I love the song. Uh, I really, really do. I, I think it's the best on that comp, um, personally. Um, you, I know a lot of people like the squeeze song to me, the, that one, I don't like that one as much. 
I, well, they put us on first. We were the first song on the album with all those other cool bands, you know? Yeah. I, I, I kind of just, just, I kind of tend to agree with you. It was a good <laughs> song, you know? It, so, and I get why, because this song stylistically is a little bit different from your other tunes, like on your, on your, uh, your album. Um, and, and I love, I mean, dream lover, of course, and, um, uh, no more crying, I think is like my all time favorite. It's just a fantastic song. Um, so while this one, it kind of has that riff that does remind me a little bit more of the go-go's than, um, your other tunes like your other tunes actually uh, they have their own sound this one it does seem a little bit more at least that opening riff um you know boom 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 boom, boom you know that that little bit there yeah i never thought about it it does have that love sort of like the the beginning of the we got the we beat. got the beat it yeah that little i never even thought of that well you know it was a different producer okay but the closest song to me on our album mm-hmm. that sounds to me, the most like cool Yule is Elephant's Revenge. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that get song yeah. was a big controversy because it was written by Karen and I loved the song. I just thought it was fantastic because it reminded me a little bit of the B-52s. Mm-hmm. And um, so Karen went in and put electronic drums on that with our producer. And we were just up. Paul, you know, <laughs> the, you can definitely like, tell, yeah, what? The, the, you know, and and <laughs> you know, and and um, and so we were, it was a big, uh, the band was all upset, and it kind of feels to me now like that song stood the test of time a mm. little bit more than the other ones. If you listen to it now, that one sounds more current. It, it, yeah. you know, uh, for yeah. obvious reasons, you know, because no. um, we were all adamant about playing our own instruments and making sure that everybody knew that because we were girls, you know, <laughs> back then that mattered. Yeah, it did. It's crazy enough. It sure did. It was. Yeah. Odd. yeah. You know, we were really, you know, adamant about that. And, um, but it's it's kind of funny how that uh, and we even had an experience where because we were right on the edge of that. We mm-hmm. were touring with bands that were starting to use electronic stuff and we were right. doing a show with Debbie Gibson. It was like some big show and a um, bunch of artists and some guy came backstage and he's like pissed off because he thought his band was going to go off gone late because he's like the rebel pebbles haven't even hooked up their dap machine yet (laughs) 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 we were like sorry dude we don't use that i don't even know what they use nowadays i'm sure dap machine is like way old I think it's like a lot of garage band or something. I don't know. <laughs> no, I don't know. I'm not technical, obviously. But. You know, the funny thing is, though, there really is nothing like like an acoustic set. You know, I, I mean, just live instruments there. I just I like the sound so much better. Yeah, we were proud of that. And, yeah. you know, I mean, a lot of bands nowadays, they they fill up their band with tracks and things like that. Right. I was actually in a band recently that played to tracks and I just you know they they had the band playing but they wanted in in, a, in an effort not to have to rehearse mm. everyone had to play to a track right. and mm, yeah didn't work for me after a while yeah I just didn't feel right about it I felt like I was putting something over on my audience I mean I understand if you're a tribute band and you're doing Pink Floyd or something yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dark side of the moon or something. But if you're doing Pat Benatar with tracks, you got to go back to school or something. Well, like there's that. an energy like from playing live that, yeah. that's missing when you get that, you know, just, just the straight recordings. And so, yeah, I, I, I'm with you on that because I've been in the same thing where, um, they wanted to to make it sound like it did on the album, and I'm like, but we're we're live. That's there's there's a reason like record companies put out live albums. It you know it doesn't sound like the the album. Yeah. It's 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 got this energy and feel and vibe, and you know some things are missing, but some things are added, and you can sing harmony differently mm-hmm. or or you know vocalize absolutely. if you want, and yeah, absolutely. I mean, I can. I can sing a karaoke song and do great, but man, when that band is behind me, it's just different, mm-hmm. you know? And um, so, yeah, the feel of the live music. And we had that going for us with the Pebbles yeah, because we were right at that spot where people were switching over to that. So it was a little bit of a novelty. They'd be like, oh, this band's like not all like electronica. They're just like really playing. And it just didn't hurt that our drummer Cheryl was, She's she was she was probably one, you know, the most schooled member in the in the band, which they say your drummer should be the strongest member. Yeah, and he was yeah. she's, she's still great. She's still playing, you know. Nice. Yeah, she's still she plays with salsa bands and all kinds. Cool. Of <laughs> well, I remember uh, playing in this one group <laughs> and um I love him. Great guy. But the drummer uh, did have tempo issues. And so it was always uh, it was always difficult to get through those shows. So tempo <laughs> issues with the drummer. And I've dealt with it, too. But it's kind of like you got one job. You know? <laughs> I know. I know. Like, poor after guy. a while. <laughs> after like, a while that becomes a real problem it does definitely. yeah yeah so i i definitely uh left that group but it it helped when i found out um a few months later he ended up leaving to go do something else uh career-wise so i thought okay cool i can play with you all again if you need me just call me <laughs> yeah yeah exactly no it's very frustrating and uh i the the probably the most conflict i've ever had in bands is with drummers yeah because of tempos because I can feel a tempo when I'm singing it. If mm-hmm. it's too slow, it's hard to hold out the notes too long. And if it's too fast, it's hard to get all the words in. So mm-hmm. I can really tell, like, even if it's a beat or two off, I can feel it. Right. Um, and so that's created conflict just once or twice. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least it didn't on this song. So I, I, no, I'm glad for did. that. This song was a joy. I love this song. One thing I noticed that you, um, so that little opening riff is, is kind of in um, like a, like C minor, you know, that bit, but then for the verse, when you come in it, it ends up going to like an A minor instead. So it's almost like a modulation there. Um, was there a reason for that, that change in key or? <laughs> well, we probably just liked the way it sounded. Okay. Um, that would probably be a question for Michael Gurley, who you could always interview too. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> you know, he changed a lot of the chords around. Yeah. I play a little guitar and I write a lot of songs on guitar. But when I was in the Pebbles, I mostly just wrote lyrics and melody. Okay. So so um I couldn't tell you what 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 which part is that again? So the it's that opening intro, you know. Mm-hmm. 
And then when you come in singing, come on, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember. It was so long ago. It might that might have even been a part that Michael added. Okay. I feel like he added that. Okay. Because if if remember when I said it was really like soul, you know, right. like that yeah. tends to be just kind of a straight ahead thing, you know. Mm-hmm. It probably we probably just started it with coming in right there on oh, that. Oh, I see. Just probably had the riff going. I'm pretty sure Michael added a lot of that guitar stuff up there. Okay. Probably to brighten it up. You right. Know? It gives it that happy sound that the Rebel Pebbles liked in their songs. Well, and it really does, especially because uh, the song itself starts off with uh, jingle bells and like a woodblock kind of imitating almost like a horse and sleigh. That was my job, the jingle bells. Oh, was it? <laughs> yeah, Cheryl had a little set of jingle bells. Yeah. <laughs> well, and uh, jingle bells are actually quite difficult to play. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it wasn't real easy. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> so so the jingle bells come in and then the drums come in and then the bass enters with that riff and then the guitar kind of layers on top of that and then we change that key to that a minor and that's when you come in so um the the lyrics on that first you know first first come on everybody jingle all the way um then what is it have fun it's have a, fun it's the season it's the season Remember, it's a holiday yeah mm-hmm. yeah and then we get to the chorus so it's, this is where you're saying they change the chorus um yes. melodically okay yes he brightened up that chorus yeah yeah and that's when you guys come in with it by changing some chords to and like i said i think he's flipped a major a minor chord to a major yeah yeah, yes, because I think there were, uh, I think there's like an F and a G or something like that in there before you go back to the A minor. Yeah, and I remember him bending the note and we were like, no, let's do something B for G. Cool. You know, we were like, yeah, that sounds kind of cool. It sounded great, though. I, I love the <laughs> harmony. And you guys have really tight harmonies, which is nice. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we worked hard on that. Karen was really good with the harmonies. And yeah, it was we we were we were into that very much yeah and uh and, and i noticed that on all your songs as well you know when, whenever you guys come in uh as a weird aside though um in every video that i've seen of you you have like that that nice black almost catwoman like uh outfit on yes. love it just wanted to say <laughs> that's all i just wanted to comment on that it was, it's a, <laughs> It's a great yeah, outfit. I love it. Person who's ever mentioned that. Well, the cat suit, yeah, that was my look thing for a while. It, you know, I we used to wear a lot of bell bottoms and hip. We were trying to be real kind of showy, kind of like the B fifty twos and stuff. And mm-hmm. um, but we did the Dream Lover music video. We had an amazing um, makeup artist and stylist come out, and they were the ones that put me in that cat suit. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> I was like, this is it. I'm like, the cat suit with little clunky boots, you know? Yeah. It was super cute. Yeah, they showed me a picture in a magazine, and my hair is, like, really frizzy, you know? And it, now I straighten it. Because of that, they, they showed me this picture of this, like, mod 60s-looking chick with, like, yeah. a black turtleneck and long, long straight hair. And I was like, you can make me look like that. Go right ahead. And they did. It was awesome. <laughs> it was awesome. And it, yeah, it, it, it really worked. 
that, that was probably the funnest two days of my entire life was filming that, that photo video. Yes. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's cool. Um, so back to the song, and I'm sorry for that aside, but like no, I always say, it's not a podcast if you don't go off on tangents. Uh, so, but uh, so then in verse two, you know, you get to the the dance, all the parties, Santa's on his way, uh, put my list together of what I want on Christmas Day. So it's nice and straightforward. But then we get back to that really catchy hook, you know, have a cool, you know, and yeah yeah so so wonderful but my favorite part is that bridge you were talking about that uh kind of emulates that b52 spoken word you know style of, right. <laughs> of fred this is fun part so how did you decide who was going to sing what did did you write all the words like I, I know you said it was you and and uh you know uh, your writing partners all writing it together but did the girls decide with you who was going to sing what or was it just kind of like and you sing this part and you sing no, that part we- and- we actually, if I recall, I haven't thought about this in a long time, but if yeah. I recall, we we actually got to cho- choose what we wanted for Christmas. So uh, I think we wrote some stuff, but I'm pretty sure monkey boots, toy guitar. I, I'm pretty sure like Karen really wanted those monkey boots. I know <laughs> that I didn't think of monkey boots. Right. She wanted monkey boots, you know. Wait, so let me see. What, what were the lyrics now, Karen? Cheryl started it with, uh, wait. Uh, diamonds, pearls. Diamonds, pearls, rubies, rings. Give me all the girly things. Yeah. <laughs> toy guitar, toy guitar, mock leopard cover for my car. <laughs> uh, oh, a, a closet full of happy news. And That's shoes. Cheryl. <laughs> because Cheryl was the nicest person in the band. I mean, she still is the nicest person. Cheryl, we all had, you know, we were girls. We all had conflicts and stuff. Cheryl right. was always the one in the middle, like going, oh, guys, you know? And so yeah. the closet full of happy news was Cheryl. And I'm pretty sure either we chose or we chose things that were appropriate for the person, you know, mm-hmm. and shoes and shoes and shoes and shoes. That was probably, I think that was Robin who came up with shoes because <laughs> Robin liked that. That was not Cheryl. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's funny because each one of you sing sings and shoes, I believe, yes, right? Yeah. We all took turns. Shoes, <laughs> shoes, shoes, shoes. Yeah, we all took turns with that. We figured that shoes, it caused both happy news and shoes and shoes and shoes and shoes. And shoes. What was the rest of it? Uh, peace on earth, goodwill to all. And a pig, baby pig. <laughs> <laughs> I can totally picture Fred so singing that, by the way. Peace on earth, goodwill to all. It's a Christmas song. It's a Christmas you know? song. You have and, to, yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, diamonds, pearls, rubies, rings, give me all the girly things. Was that me? I can't even remember if that was me or Robin. Yeah. So, um, but Robin and I had the same sort of similar things we liked. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yeah, that was all taken out of what, what we like, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, Pete, wasn't there something about it's like a, was it purple? Is it purple? uh, Something classic bathing cap, right? Purple plastic bathing cap. That's what it was. Yeah. Bobby Darren in my lap, which (laughs) I mean, that was like 1990, you know, it's like Bobby Darren. And I think we just thought it was cool and retro. And there's yeah. something about a pet goose, which we put in there because we're all like animal people. You I know? was going to ask because uh, you don't really think of a pet goose. 
Yes, because we, you know, people talk about the Christmas goose. Right. So we wanted to mention a pet goose um, because, you know, we were animal rights sort of mm-hmm. activists a little. At yeah. the time, Robin was a vegetarian. I'm a vegetarian now, but at the time she was a vegetarian, I was not, but I remember being on tour with her and we were so frustrated because we have to go, we couldn't just go to McDonald's. And one <laughs> I said to her, Why don't you just eat a hamburger? And she still throws that in my face because I'm vegetarian. Now. You are. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but um yeah, it, that was that was kind of a nod to the animal rights movement a okay bit. yeah because you say um a year supply of hair mousse and then yes. uh, and, and then the cashmere sweater i think right that's what it is yeah. a cashmere sweater for my pet for my pet goose, goose. although yeah. i don't know what cashmere is made out of it's made out of fur <laughs> then that sort of doesn't work <laughs> <laughs> hopefully nothing uh goose related <laughs> yeah. oh goodness all right i hope it's not made out of goose feathers or anything that would be really weird and that would be weird i'd i'd put it i think into a little more macabre maybe a horror yeah yeah that that would be like all dark and angsty like maybe like other bands that's right yeah that's a goth song after that (laughs) we were not an angsty band no no we did it we used to we did an interview do you know gia desantis Mm -hmm. she used we've we used to we've done a couple of interviews with her they used to call us the nice band <laughs> because we were not your typical, you know, I mean, you know what I mean? <laughs> you definitely, you definitely weren't Motley Crue is what you're saying. <laughs> no, we were nice. And we were like so happy to have a record deal. Yeah. I mean, you know, we were just, you know, it's kind of funny. My ex-husband was a band manager and he had so many bands that were just their own worst enemies, mm-hmm. you know? We were like, you want to hand us money to play music? Okay. <laughs> I'm still like that. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You yeah. know. <laughs> uh, and then we, it, you know, the song wraps up with the uh, the refrain again. Uh, cool, Yule. Um, but underneath that whole little section, it's that that riff again, that, you know, that just little boom, 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 boom. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's a it's a cool little riff, um, and I get where you what you're saying the how you modeled it on the B52s. I, I totally can see that. I mean, mm-hmm. all we needed like was like some weird uh, you know lobster sound and <laughs> yeah, yeah, a couple of like goose sounds. We That's right. <laughs> well, I think there is a I think there is a when you talk about the car, I think there's a car horn, isn't it? Yes, I think there is. We put a car mm-hmm. horn. We we were a big fan of that kind of throwing in little things like that. Yeah. And by the way, did you ever, since you were a fan of the Rebel Pebbles, did you ever hear our EP? Uh, I think that's when you cover, uh, it had No More Crying, right? Yeah, because yeah. Yeah. there's yeah. two versions of No More Crying over you, the one on the EP and the one on the album. They're both a little bit different. They are, yes. That was a song, and it's funny that you mentioned that. That song has been in the band since the first day I was in the band. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that was one of those songs that they just they gave to me to learn to audition oh, for the band. You know, gotcha. mm-hmm. uh, great song. Really, it, it's a great. Yeah, I like all the songs. Um, How do you feel? Is another really fun How one that I just love. Fantastic song. That was our second single. The band had good songwriters. Really good songwriters. Yeah, you know? yeah. 
And and I really think if uh, I think the problem was that it just came out a couple of years too early. I think if it had come out like in 93, 94, it would have blown up a lot more than it than it did because um, it's a fantastic album. Uh, and I wish I wish more people know it. every time I, I bring it up. Uh, some of my friends are like, oh, yeah, I remember that. But when I talk to, you know, like my someone at work they're like what are you talking about and it's like oh i hate that yeah. because it's so good it's so good oh i really appreciate that i actually think what happened to us was it was timing mm-hmm. and maybe um was grunge yeah yeah right week nirvana hit the scene and we were dead in the water with all of our girly costumes and b-52s and happy happy music you know Mm -hmm. and um if we had managed to stick it out Mm -hmm. um which some of the bands did you know they just stuck to their guns you know and we tried to kind of change the style and adapt and we should have just stuck to our guns and you know but things happen you know how that goes but it was it was it was right on the edge of of that kind that thing kind of coming in and, and we got all confused (laughs) <laughs> well, it, well, and I know what you mean. It, that happened to pretty much everyone. I mean, uh, hair metal was like dead after that. But, but uh, was it, should I stay or should I go? I think that's also on your EP, right? Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. And I mean, see, that like seemed like that would have fit in perfectly as well. If you had, um, if she had taken off maybe a little bit of chorus from that, uh, from her guitar instead and just add a little bit more distortion that would have been perfect i think but yeah i mean i look yeah. back at so much of that stuff you know i i i would love to get a chance to to, to redo the that song again and just do a super like awesome cool version i mean we had fun and it was yeah. a good fun version but now as an, a musician that takes songs and makes mm-hmm. them their own and yeah. i could have, i could do so much more with that now you know but it was a great cover it was really fun mm-hmm. you know we had a lot of fun doing it and, you know, and, and i know exactly what you mean about uh taking songs and making them your own i used to be <laughs> i used to be very much uh you know i have to play it the way the band played it and uh i don't know why i was like that it's it's one it's not as much fun but two i i'm not going to be able to play it exactly the way they play it i need to play it the way i play it so that's something that i've learned over my last you know whatever 20 some years of of playing mm-hmm. and or 30 years whatever it is now uh, and so I'm glad that you're passing that on as well to your students. Yeah, I and I because absolutely because one thing I learned from doing different types of music is that um, pop rock is actually very structured. Mm-hmm. It's very structured. And anytime I was in a band, you learned the song exactly as it was and you play it exactly as it is. And, right. and, and being, a, you know, kind of an organized person, I, that, that worked for me um, for a long time. So I'm, I'm a fan of learning things the way they are mm-hmm. and then making the choice to change it. Yes. I don't, I don't like changing something just because you can't pull that off, like pull that off first, you know, and then if, you know, or a deliberate change, like you can really change the style of some songs. I have a version of Roxanne that's slow, like a standard and, you know, that's totally different, but, but, um, but yeah, I, you know, that's, that's one, one of the reasons that I'm, I'm loving doing blues jazz really helped me with that. Mm -hmm. It really expanded me to be able to ad lib. I mean, you have to, you know, and blues, everyone's like, well, why are you just 
giving me, you know, uh, giving me one bar for the solo. It's like, well, you know, they like 30 <laughs> bars and then, and then they're going to cue me when they're done or I got to cue them, you know? And so, <laughs> it, but it, it really, um, when you go back to rock music after having done all of that, it opens up a whole world of stuff, you oh, know? Oh, very much. Really play with things. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Yep. Definitely. Uh, and I think there's that, to, I, I don't remember if it was Bird that said it, but learn the changes, then forget them. Exactly. Learn it first. I, yeah. I don't, yeah, like I said, I feel like it's a little bit, if you're just going to, some people do it a little bit out of laziness. Well, I'm just going to do it this way and sing right. it this way. And it's like, you know, yeah, just learn it first and then change it. Then make the <laughs> choice, you know? <laughs> exactly. So great album. Uh, like I mentioned, I love this song. I, it's going on my Christmas list. Like from now on, it's just such a great awesome. version. Um, <laughs> but it does make me wonder regarding the song. What would you say would be your hap, hap, happiest memory or moment in the song? In the song. Yeah. Or writing the song, whichever. Like, what would you say would be your happiest moment? Well, I already gave it, gave away the pink baby pig moment. That, <laughs> that was pretty funny. I got to say, yeah. um, um, I mean, I, well, I, I will, I mean, I just loved performing that song and yeah. we didn't get to perform it very much because mm. it was a Christmas song. Right. And so that's one of the bummers for me about Christmas songs. I love Christmas songs. I so too, yeah. I, I, you know, I only get to, you know, we all, we didn't get to perform it very much. Mm-hmm. Um, we performed it. Uh, what, what's coming to mind is we performed that song once for a showcase for a TV show that the Rebel Pebbles were up for. They were, and Jeff Katzenberg, Okay. Jeff Katzenberg mm-hmm. was there. It wow. was it, it yeah, and it was big, it was a big deal, you know, and we had a showcase and we had a few big time people there, and they were trying to do a show, some something like the monkeys. This was before reality shows, like right <laughs> before, right? Right. It was perfect for a reality show. So they were trying to do something like the monkeys, mm-hmm. and with only with the rebel pebbles. We all live together, we're an all-girl band that lives together, right? And they took a script from what's that show from Annie Potts with the three girls? I don't remember. Oh, uh, Designing Women? Designing Women, yes. And they had us read from that. And then they had us do a showcase. And I remember doing Cool Yule at the showcase because I was up there in my bell bottoms with the Christmas uh, jingle bells, you know. And um, in the end, we didn't get it. Jeffrey Katzenberg just didn't get it. Mm, that's kind of a bummer (laughs) yeah it was a real bummer yeah but that that was exciting you know and it was one of the few times I actually got to perform the song live (laughs) that's cool see see that's awesome uh for me because I I don't have a lot of history with the song which is uh, I wish I had um I I love that bridge section it's my favorite part of the whole song (laughs) just when when you're listing your your lists off and uh I, I mean it's it's genius if you think about it I actually did like there is actually another kind of memory I have about the song, which is I okay, this is the song I hear the most around, like around Christmas time. I will hear it. I've heard it in the grocery store. And I and one time I was in the grocery store and it came on and I was by myself. And I was like, oh, that's me. That's me. <laughs> I was like, who, who can I tell? 
Oh no! Anyone. <laughs> but I was very excited. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> that's and don't you hate when that happens? And you just want to—you're dying to say something, yeah. and you just can't because oh, no one's you're there. Like you're all listening to me right now. You don't know it, but um, yeah, it was—it was pretty cool. And and I will say, you know, to anyone who's an aspiring musician out there, aspiring songwriter, write a Christmas song. That's the song I still get money for. I still check every year. It's not a lot, but every year, you know, from they play it Mm -hmm. time. So (laughs) that's just good advice, folks. Take that. Yeah. (laughs) Take it from this this old rocker (laughs) or pop pop rocker. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Well, now we come to my favorite part of the show, which is a little segment I like to call to the max. So this is where we pick our favorite part of, in this case, the song, and we just sing a little portion of it. Now, you've already kind of done that for us, but I'd love to hear it officially one more time. (laughs) Uh, So as a guest, I'll let you go first. You can just pick uh, whichever part of the song you'd you'd like and just sing a little portion for us. Okay. Um, I think I just like the beginning, so I'm just going to start right in. All right. Come on, everybody, jingle away. Have fun, it's the season. Remember, it's a holiday. Woo! Have a cool, have a cool year. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That was so cool. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Did I sing it all now? Now you don't have anything left to pick. <laughs> no, no, that's okay. I I actually I am gonna pick something. Okay. So um <laughs> I hope I can get this right. Okay. So this is gonna be from the bridge. Okay. Uh, okay. So it's not really singing. Although, no, you know what? I want to sing. Awesome. I, I want to sing today. So I'm gonna I'm okay. gonna sing the refrain here. So I'm gonna do it. It's not gonna be as good as you, but I'm gonna try it. So have a cool, have a cool you, cool you, <laughs> something like that. I don't know. <laughs> that was good. No, I want to hear your. I want to hear your part from the bridge. Okay, okay I was gonna. Okay, I really um, want to hear that. Okay, all right. So it'll be. Um, let's see. All right. So I was gonna do diamonds, pearls, rubies, rings. Give me all the girly things. Monkey boots, toy guitar, month leverage uh, cover for my car. Wow, that's hard to say. I don't know how you. Get that <laughs> wow. Yay! Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm no. Awesome. I'm no Rachel Murray, but I tried. <laughs> I'm, I'm more of a backup singer, anyway. So. <laughs> Oh, man. Um, Thank you so much for being on. Uh, Normally, I ask um, because I'm a kid of the 80s. So, you know, G.I. Joe taught me that uh, knowing was half the battle. What do you think the other half of the battle is? Doing. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. (laughs) You know, it's good to know everything, but you got to apply it. That's true. (laughs) <laughs> that's good uh it's better than mine uh mine is so if knowing is half the battle the other half is just uh having fun when singing about your christmas list yeah there you go <laughs> uh rachel it's been so much fun talking with you but you know what do you want to plug tell me about all the stuff going on 
Well, thank you for asking. I would love to plug my voice lessons, Lake Arrowhead Vocal Academy. Um, I um, I teach locally private lessons and I also uh, do remote lessons. So if you're interested in doing voice lessons, I can teach from anywhere and you just go to lakearrowheadvoice.com and you can send me a message and my lessons are super fun and they're very reasonably priced. Um, but I'm also looking to start a music school out here, which is affiliated with that called Lake Arrowhead Music Academy. And I'm rounding up a lot of local musicians and we want to do a performance based music school and, um, you know, get local musicians. I really want kind of like real musicians teaching yeah. local talent and, um, you know, just just helping to nurture the local talent. It's a great community up here in Lake Arrowhead. And I also I should say I have students who come up from San Bernardino. Um, for voice lessons as well. So if you're in San Bernardino, you can also call me up for voice lessons and come in person too. Yeah, so my voice lessons. And then of course, you know, keep an eye out if you go to Rachel Murray Music on Facebook, you can see what shows I have coming. And um, I'll keep you posted on all that kind of stuff. I'm always doing shows here and there. So um, that would be great. Right on. Yeah, definitely hit her up. She's an amazing talent. Uh, her voice is, is awesome. And uh, just from, I mean, you guys have heard it just from talking with her. It sounds like she's a fantastic teacher. So hit her up as well. Buy this song because it's a great song. It's cool Yule. And for all you Christmas lovers out there, I know you're you're going to dig it so much. So make sure you, you hit it up. You can find it on um it's uh, just in time for Christmas. You can buy it there or it's also on the Lost Christmas. Uh, you can download it on Lost Christmas album as well, which is uh, Lost Christmas volume three. It's a it's a green cover. So it's available on iTunes. So look it up there as well. Yeah, I didn't realize it was on that. And also, I should say it's just in time for Christmas 1990. Yes. There's, I think, a lot of different, a few different versions of that. Oh, well, th thank you. Yes. Just in time for Christmas 1990. So make sure you you go check it out. You guys are going to fall in love with it just like we did. Rachel, it's been so much fun talking with you. Thank you so much. This has been a, a dream come true. Thank you, Jerry. It's been <laughs> very fun. I really appreciate, you know, everything you said about the band. And it makes me feel very good to know that somebody enjoyed our music, and especially that song, which is my favorite song that we did. Um, so thank you so much for that. I really appreciate it. No problem. And on that note, I'm going to end it by saying we got to make it a cool Yule. So check us out on our social media pages, Facebook and Instagram at Totally Rad Christmas and Twitter at Rad Christmas. And if you're wanting peace on earth, goodwill to all, leave us a review on iTunes. Not only does it help us reach more people, but you also get a free sticker. Now, don't forget to check out our merch shop on tpublic.com and our brand new website, totallyradchristmas.com, courtesy of Tis the Podcast Elf, Tom Crow. Merry Christmas to all and to all a safe night. Later, dudes.